I'm Mary Angela Abeo, and this is Virtual Pride on the Face to Faces podcast. While pride is amazing with all the glitter, libations, and celebrations, the real pride is striving to live our truths and fighting for equality, education, and inclusion whenever and wherever we go, starting right here in our personal spaces with how we celebrate ourselves and take care of our community. I'm hoping that this month we give you content to help remind you that though this year's pride may be quiet in your neighborhood bars, clubs, and sidewalks, there is an incredible community of humans ready to celebrate you. And no matter who you talk to, there will always be someone who can connect to your journey. Though we're physically separate this year, no one can take the connection that our pride gives us to each other. Now, let's lean in and celebrate. Okay, I am so ecstatic to have the opportunity to chat with my guest today, the activist and actor Theo Germain, who uses they, them, he, him pronouns. They can be currently seen on Netflix's The Politician and Showtime's Work in Progress. They're an inspiration both through their intentional choices and acting roles, as well as how they continually use their voice to educate fans and followers by leading by example, showing how to be better allies and members of not just the LGBTQ plus community, but better overall human beings. I've been so impressed with how they share themselves with the world, be it with their captivating acting, how they authentically communicate with their fans, or how they reflect and use their own privilege to be an informed presence on the front lines around the race, gender, and political revolutions that are happening around us. Theo, thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Uh, wow, that was really nice. <laughs> I don't know if I would call myself an activist yet. I think that there's a lot of, You're you know, activist. there's a really, yes. my partner just echoed. I just, here's, here's, listen, there's so much work to do, mm. you know, and I guess, I guess because I want to do that work and I'm doing, I'm trying to do that work, I guess. I, that's just not the first one of the first words I would use to describe myself, but I really appreciate you saying that. I think, I think any, <laughs> any person that has a platform and is using it, using their privilege for good to educate themselves and others is at this point in time necessary and an activist. So you're doing a lot of good. And that's what thank I'm you. For. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> well, what I like to do at the beginning of these episodes is to emotionally check in with people because we are in this time that things change and lots of things keep changing. And um, how are you today? How are you in this space right now? Oh, um, you know, I'm doing okay. Uh, Definitely, I have a lot of anxiety. um, And uh, I have a relative that's very sick and in the hospital right now. And I'm I'm worried about them and I hope that they're okay. So that's in addition to a lot of things that are, that are taking up a lot of space in my brain <laughs> right mm-hmm. now. It's, it's like, Oh, you know, hopefully we're having an uprising and also that's intense. And also life is still going on in some sort of way, you know, in the background. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think that my anxiety is really, really up and I'm just trying to, 
make sure that I don't get up every day and start sprinting because that's something that I have the tendency to do and it, it wears me out pretty quickly. So I'm doing okay. Um, that's, that's a hard question to answer, you know, doing my best. Yeah. I think it's most of the listeners here are in the mental health space and, um, either struggle with anxiety, struggle with depression, um, or are advocates in that space. And, um, I think I've noticed the collective is struggling so much more right now. Are you doing anything to help yourself? You know, we are in a different place where self-care looks different taking care of yourself looks different around anxiety, especially. Are you doing anything to help yourself? Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we watch a lot of Star Trek at home. Um, yeah, we watch a lot of scary movies. I think that's something we've been, you know, well, we love um, Shudder. It's like our favorite, Same. our favorite. Yes, it's our favorite, our, our favorite thing to watch. We'll go through and just like pick random horror movies, um, check them out. We play video games sometimes. Uh, I play a lot of this really funny, weird, like Animal Crossing-esque game called Stardew Valley, where you just like build a farm. You just like, it's a game where you quit your corporate job and you move out into the country and you start a farm. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. Um <laughs> Yeah, we play Diablo. We have we have cats. My partner and I have cats, and we snuggle them a whole bunch. Um, we wrestle. You know, I don't know. We just try. We try to do stuff. You know, that's good. But also, I've been trying to think. Trying to think about how self care is so individual, and like, I think that you know, one of one of the things that that can be a curse in this country is like the individualism. You know, it's like so much that like we forget about other people and so i'm trying to think about how how can the term self-care also like automatically encompass you know community care and 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 checking in on other people that's lovely so um yeah you know i i that's something i've been thinking a lot about this week so well, i mean those are the things i'm doing for self-care yeah we're in this world of mutual yeah. aid right now where you know mm -hmm. everything needs to be a little bit more all-encompassing and so i i love that idea i don't know how self-care would look like that but i love the idea of wrapping my head around it so yeah so what um you know this is there's it's really easy for us to talk about the shitty parts of what's happening right now in the world um but i think people around that have struggled with any sort of mental illness that have had any sort of loss in their life or um especially in the queer community, um, it's, it's easy to feel darkness. It's easy to feel alone right now. But I'm finding some silver linings in all of this. And I wondered if you have found any yourself. Oh, um, gosh, I think that, I mean, I, I was, I was, we were talking earlier, and I, I, as I was saying, I'm someone who has the tendency to kind of get up and sprint, you know, um, uh, the, I think that everything kind of having to slow down because of the pandemic happening has kind of, I, I have someone who has had the privilege to have some space to think about, uh, some of the ways that I behave and some of the ways that I go about work and socializing. And I've tried to make some improvements on that. And some of them have just kind of come naturally as in like, there's a lot of, you know, people that I'm in touch with again that like I have not been and I kind of felt, you know, bad for that for a little while. And then I was like, that's kind of what everyone's doing. A lot of people are getting back into touch with people that they just haven't for a long time. Um, I, 
I would like to think that people's, you know, social circles are expanding a little bit again. I think that there's a lot of mutual aid going on and, you know, people are checking in with each other. And I hope that that's something that's, that's permanent. Um, yeah, I think that social and community, those, those parts of my world, that's where the silver lining has been. Um, where people, you know, we've been able to support each other, you know, within, within my social circle a little bit more. And also just people are kind of understanding each other more, I would like to think. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah if that's, if that's a good answer, I, I think that a lot of the silver lining has been in, been in, in social, so social, my social circle, my friends and yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, um, I, I, when you were, you were mentioning, you know, your work and your play and like changing those things or, you know, fixing kind of yourself and doing some internal work. I, I can't help, but not, I have to tell you that your, your choices in work, especially, and, you know, this is from an outsider that doesn't know you, but I feel like they're very intentional and I feel like the mental health side and the suicide specifically, and that's my realm of my arena of work um, mm -hmm. in both shows really touched me and how love and I, and I hate to, well, I don't hate it to use the word lovely with suicide. Um, I'm trying to raise the voice and, and make it a, a more normal conversation. Um, both shows handle it in a very lovely way and handle mental health in a very lovely way. And you seem like a pretty intentional person. Did choosing those roles have anything to do with that topic and that kind of the way they approached mental health? I uh, honestly, Work in Progress and The Politician came into my life almost around the same time. Um, and I was a th mostly theater actor who was working in Chicago and was like doing gigs that were mostly paying bills and then also working and then, you know, trying to find a way when I wasn't on a theater job and I was auditioning for anything that I could get my hands on. And these two things kind of just came into my life and I didn't, I, I didn't know that that's where they were, go that's where they were going to go at first. Um, work in progress came into my life as a tiny, indie web series that we shot the first episode of um in uh, like july of 2018 and the same month i learned i was going to be working on the politician and then six months later work in progress got you know picked up and turned into a real show um and these things just kind of piggybacked off of each other mm. and I was really excited that there was so much, you know, mental health that was like part of the discussion, especially because of, you know, experiences that I had had in high school with people that I cared about. And just, you know, because mental health and therapy is something that is like always kind of been, not always, but just has kind of been a part of my life for a long time. Um, uh, yeah, it was a work in progress. I can talk about first, especially just the way that it handled how the way that it handled how the struggles that we have affect us and how they how part of that can affect others and how there's a little bit of you know finding a balance and like a like what am i trying to say like you know if 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 someone is struggling with with a mental illness there are so many ways in which 
you know, the system has failed, you know, the system has failed us and there's so many ways in which, in which we need help. And there's also things that can happen if, if, if it's something that you're not managing and, and it can affect, you know, other people as well. And so it's, 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 that's, that is something that it really, really made me think about because the main character, Abby is somebody who is struggling so much mm-hmm. and also she hurts, you know, people around her because she is hurting, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot. I feel like there's still stuff that I'm working through in regards to it. Um, really? And, um, oh yeah, totally. Um, and the way, you know, work in progress, not work in progress, the way the politician handles, um, uh, you know, River's death, you know, in the beginning of the show, um, was, I think that, you know, I, I don't want to be like, oh, it was so great that, you know, that, that this white guy, you know, had this storyline, you know, because, because we have an issue in Hollywood where there's just, where, you know, where white guys are getting cast here and there and everywhere. But I think that it's, I think it's important that they told a story about, you know, this particular, you know, majority character, you know, struggling with this thing in a way that was kind of sensitive because it was like, you know, I think that part, part of the conversation on mental health is, how men are being failed in regards to how sexism is affecting them and how gender roles and like toxic masculinity is affecting them and making them not be able to talk about stuff. Um, because it's like, I have to be strong. I can't cry. I can't talk about my feelings. I'm gay. If I talk about my feelings, I'm weak. If I talk about my feelings, um, uh, yeah, I also, I lost a friend in high school in a very similar way. And it was, it was also kind of intense to just think about it because it's something I hadn't thought about in a very long time. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I didn't intentionally go into, into shows for mental health, but I'm really grateful that I did because I'm all about mental health. Yeah. I mean, you have yeah. to be right now, especially, but I also think in, in the queer space and in the LGBTQ plus space, there's so much of society that, either doesn't want you to exist or doesn't support your life and your growth. And so fucking therapy is necessary to survive because of the world that we're in. I agree. You know, you're working with Ryan Murphy, who I'm a huge fan of and, and, you know, his work is, is touches so many of those things. So I wasn't surprised about the politician work in progress was out of left field for me. Um, and I'll be honest, I waited a while to watch it because it hit a little too close to home in a few departments. And so I had a lot of people come to me and go, watch work in progress. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do Someday. it. <laughs> I was like, too yeah. close to home right now. But um, I recently did. And I was like sobbing. And um, yeah, it was it was amazing. It definitely hit me in some ways where I was like, not even like the character that I was playing, but I was like, oh, like right. mental health and responsibility and ouch. And like, yeah. And yeah. Abby, Abby had a way of um, being so grounded and so real that everyday people could relate to her. And it was, it was lovely, um, you know, me being a, you know, 45 year old Capricorn, I was like, fuck, well, there, that was just called out to me literally in a scene. (laughs) So you're not 45. I am. No way. I am. I'm a 45 year old. Yeah. I'm 45 with a 23 year old professional ballerina daughter. Whoa. That's so dope. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. 
Are you, wow. a, ballet, are you a ballet fan? I am. Um, I, I mean, I am as in like, I want to do ballet because I think it's fun. Um, I'm, I'm like an adult, adult ballet interested person. I didn't take any dance when I was growing up. Um, well, if you and your partner ever want to come to Seattle, I will get you free tickets to the ballet and backstage and all of the things. Thank you. Yeah. No, and we so we're going. best friends. We grew up together. That's really cool. Yeah. Wow. It's the Italian jeans. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> but yeah, so the, the show really almost hit too close to home in several ways. And, um, but it's lovely. And it just, the way that it handled it was so normalizing. And, and that's, I guess, brings me to my pivot um, to the normalization. And, and, you know, this is going to air during my trans pride content, which is covering. (laughs) Yeah. So we've got, um, because I recently came out as bi gender and I'm starting my, my gender journey late in life. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. It was definitely something that growing up was, um, as the Sofia Coppola of my family, definitely like you have to wear lipstick, you have to, you have to wear, and it was very like my, my, my boy side was so uh, sad and didn't really get a chance to breathe till recently. And now I'm teaching myself to skateboard and I'm like having so much fun of like, I'm gonna just be- like just like being a kid. It's like there's so much shit I missed out on. Like, let's just do it now. Why not? Like my boy side is a 13 year old, a little bit of a jerk face that loves <laughs> to skateboard and play video games, and I'm not mad at him at all. That's great. I'm like, you're cute too. Like, I'm here for it. Yeah. But you know, like I have friends and family that don't get it, and that we're definitely having a hard time with it. They're like, you know, you're 45 and you're going to skateboard and wear your hat backwards. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm going to skateboard down Pacific coast highway in LA. Leave me the fuck alone. Deal with it. Right. Right. And so I think right now and what I'm, what I've been trying to do in this under, because, you know, being under this trans umbrella and having so much of my community be in that space. Um, my trans pride content has been very, uh, I want to normalize. I don't want to use that word anymore because I don't think we should. I don't want to classify it as trans anymore. It's just a human. It's just a person. It's an actor. You're an actor. You're an activist. You're a filmmaker. And, and while I do understand around the rights, I'm trying to normalize. Like, we have a filmmaker on. We have, we're having a sex mm-hmm. educator. A BDSM Black Sin is coming on. Like, I want to- I'm friends with. We've known each other for, like, six years. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and when I, I saw that, I was lot. like, yay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. I mean, I, as, you know, it's like I, I use words, and a lot of us use words because that's what we need to do. And it's like, I will use them to talk about rights and I will use them, you know, for a purpose, but also like, it's not the only thing that I want to talk about. And I think that we're in a spot where we need to use it. And I hope that at some point we don't, you know, Yeah, I, think I don't know when that'll be, but yeah. Well, that's kind of why I enjoyed watching the politician is because I originally watched it. I had one of my uh, people in the, um, suicide prevention 
arena, tell me I should watch it. And so I wasn't actually planning on it oh. and sat down and I watched it because of how it handles. A lot of us talk about that and we have like threads and text message threads going oh. like, this movie should not be, they shouldn't have handled it this way or trigger warnings or especially those of us that mm-hmm. have followings and, um, it was definitely one of the shows that handled it well that we wanted to watch. And so when I went to watch it, I was so thrilled that your character wasn't focused on being trans, that it was, you were just like, it was so great. It was like, I just had to be a weird little man. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I would have never called you a weird little man, but that's adorable. I'm here for it. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's, I, I thought it was fun. I was like, I was like, I know how I look. I know how I sound like I, you know, I, I know that I'm short and I look kind of, you know, androgynous, like, and, and, and like, I should just get to play characters like James. Like I should just get to do that. That's great. Like, also you don't read yeah. short on TV. <laughs> you don't, really? like, you don't read short. You don't look short. Like you look, I would, I would say five, six, five, seven. Oh, definitely not. I'm shorter than that. Um, I think that Zoe Deutsch is the only person who's shorter than me in the series regular cast. Um, everybody is taller than me, and they put everybody in tall shoes, and I was frequently on standing on Apple boxes um, because I'm a shorty. Yeah, if you pay attention, you'll be like, hmm, all those people are taller than Theo. I'm five foot five. I'm oh, yeah. I'm not super short, but I'm, I'm you know, not five seven. I'm little. People usually think that I'm taller um, than I am, which I guess is a good thing, but... Yeah, you hold yourself tall. That's good. That's what we all should do, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I want to shift to where we are right now. Um, The revolution that we are maybe at the precipice of, I'm not sure. Um, There is a, a responsibility for white people because we created this mess to be the ones on the front lines to fix it. Um, but I want to talk specifically about the white queer community, the white LGBTQ plus, because I feel like, um, you know, we the, the pride began with a riot. It began with a black trans woman. And so I feel like, you know, you are doing such a great job of turning your social media into a place of information. And I, I mean, not to point fingers, but always to point fingers. Um, there are definitely people that aren't doing that and aren't using their voices. And I think as members, it's not lost on me that this is all happening during pride. I think that there's something really big about that. Um, how do you feel about using your voice? How do you feel about peers using it or not using it? And what do you think as white, queer, trans, LGBTQ members of the community, our role is? Um, first off, I will say that an- another person who, uh, do you know about, uh, I'm, I'm actually might mispronounce her name, Stormy uh, uh, Delavery? No. Um, I'm going to mess, I'm going to, I'm probably fucking her name up. Um, but she was a butch lesbian who was very active in, uh, during the Stonewall time and is another, another person who, who some accounts say was, uh, the first person who, or the person who started, um, 
who kind of like got people to during Stonewall one that started to happen. She was right. uh, some another person who basically like told people to fight back when the police were. Um, God, I might butcher this, but there's there's more historic there's more histor I want to say historical figures because they're historical figures. It wasn't just you know um, Marsha P. Johnson. It was also uh, there were a lot of you know butch black lesbians who were involved in that as well. And I think that we don't talk about that. And so. I encourage people to do more research on Stonewall because they will learn more about, they'll learn about more people who are involved. Um, and also, um, I think that our responsibility is to, oh God, I mean, obviously I've been thinking about this all week and I don't know if I have an answer then, you know, besides to say like, there's a specific way in which, you know, LGBTQ plus people are oppressed and also, you know, we have armor because we're white and that gives us, you know, a, a, a huge thing to talk about in regards to intersectionality. But I mean, I think about, you know, how being white affects how I'm seen in the world, you know, first, how it immediately makes me because of white supremacy and make, make somebody who looks like me more palatable um, and learning how I can navigate using that for good because of what's happening. Um, and also just like learning how to be in a better position to help somebody else. And also just kind of shutting up and listening and just reading. And like in regards to being on the front lines, um, understanding what specifically somebody's role is in that, you know, front lines is like standing in front of a standing in front of a person of color at a rally, you know, that's, that's what I mean by front lines, yes. you know, um, maybe trying to, you know, if, 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 if you're going to get arrested, you know, can you get arrested instead of, you know, instead of a person of color being, being arrested because, you know, <laughs> like, I don't even, I don't even need to go into that. You know, yeah. what, what are the ways in which we need to educate ourselves, um, you know, that we haven't been and what are the ways in which we have, perpetuated hurt and what ways are we actively perpetuating hurt? Um, I have a friend who we were talking about, uh, you know, climate change and activism around climate change and how we have to accept that we are doing harm, you know, and it's not, it's, it's not like, Hey, we're neutral. It's like, no, we're, you know, we're doing harm and we have to accept that and we have to work through that. And, and from coming, coming from that point of accepting how we have inherited violence and how we have inherited privilege and how we continue to live in it, like that, that is where I think work can start, if that makes sense. Um, uh, yeah. Is, does that, does that, yeah, does that yeah. land? Yeah. That's, that's awesome. something that I've, been, that I've been thinking about a lot. And also like, in regards to any new realizations that people are having from this week, uh, which are great. You know, there are, there's a huge, you know, portion of the population of our country and in different countries who have been dealing with this their entire life and have just been waiting for more and more people to kind of wake up to it. And, you know, there's an understanding that we're never going to have, and we have to accept that. And, we have to keep working, you yeah. know, and it's, it's not, and it's not, and it's going to be uncomfortable, you know, and it's going to be scary. And I think that, I think that a lot of things that I've been, you know, thinking through this week are where the places 
you know, that I have realized I've been sitting in safety and sitting in, you know, sitting in privilege and, you know, where have we been deciding I'm not going to look into that yet, or I'm not going to do that yet because I'm not ready. And it's like, well, there's a whole bunch of people who, who have just inherited this, you know, and, and it's going to (laughs) suck. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I'm just like, I'm like, shit is messy. Shit has been messy forever. We're, you know, I'm hoping more people are waking up to stuff and I'm hoping, you know, I'm seeing more people, you know, look into things like, what does it look like to change the prison system? What does it look like to defund the police? You know, what is, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be messy and it's going to be hard. And a lot of people are, a lot of white people are going to be up in their ego. We're going to be up in our egos about stuff and like that we have to, we have to work through that, you know? Um, and also we don't get to say what, you know, revolution or, or, you know, reparations looks like because of the history of how, you know, colonization violently took and took and took and stole and killed, you know, and still is it's and still is. Um, and even me and me saying this, you know, there are still ways in which I'm, I'm, you know, perpetuating things like that is how insidious, that's how insidious of a system we live in. Um, uh, and I think that, I think that I've been, you know, part of my, you know, privilege and where I've been sitting in safety has been like, I've been afraid to say some things and it's like, you, you can't really afford to do that because doing that is hurting people. Um, so I challenge people that are listening to, to think about, you know, white people who are listening to think about where, where, where are all the sneaky ways in which you, you are allowing yourself to benefit from these things or turning another, you know, or turning away from something or not challenging yourself, you know? Yeah. I, um, I think that's that's really important (laughs) around, especially when you were talking about like getting in front I am, um, you know, I'm trying to protest every other day and take uh, time for my body and take care of myself. Because again, it's about longevity here and keeping this going. Um, and uh, I saw a situation that was a perfect privilege situation. There were um, riot police lining a block. I had to, the, the protest was disseminating and I had to go home. And so I started walking and I had to walk past this huge, like right gear shields. There was a young white girl in front of me with her um, fuck the police sign. And then there was a young black man walking with us who had his hood on. And the three emotions were palatable. Um, she walked past them with full privilege, looked at them, held both of her fingers up and just walked away like this. Meanwhile, and they're obviously pissed and she's she's laughing and she's like, ha ha, fuck the police, whatever. I'm like not even acknowledging. I'm just getting past. And this poor young boy next to me was like, God, he doesn't even want to breathe wrong. You can tell. And the girl looked back at us. She was kind of walking in front and she was like, ha, that was crazy. Fuck them. And I looked at her and I said, your behavior is the essence of privilege because you were able to do that just now. Instead of thinking about things around you, like just think about how that can be done differently next time. And she was like, oh, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But I'm sure she got her Instagram picture for it. So whatever, it's like you have to think about That's like in, in, I think it was in Chicago. Yeah, in Chicago, there was a, a white guy who got arrested for setting a cop car on fire. And it was like, and he was, there's photos of him wearing a Joker mask. 
and it's like a lot of for a lot of white people it's like you know it's it's when i think about when i think about you know different different views and things like that there's a lot of you know white people who are you know who th you know i think who think they're very you know pro you know anarchy and i think that a lot of privilege has been exercised during these during the protests that have been happening and it's kind of been that where it's like it's like you you know if you're a white person do not fuck with the police when you're at a rally because you're not the person who, you're not going to be the person who's in the line of fire because this force was created to protect you you know and was created to keep certain people out like that is that is that is like a cornerstone of the police force like you you know if if you're out in public like you are not there to like v for vendetta your you know your way through it it's like you're there to be a shield for somebody and you're there to be an ally and you're there to listen and you're not there to take charge because you're not in charge you know we're and this isn't about us this is about our role and our responsibility in working through it but it's not about our feelings and like us feeling good about ourselves and our egos like it, it's uh that's yeah that's been happening i mean i'm not surprised but it really pisses me off when people are doing this it's yeah. like it's disgusting and it's like yeah. you know i think when you were talking about being in an uncomfortable space i think with, with white privilege with the white savior and white guilt complex that so many people are getting right now i think that it it's really easy to fall into that place of look at all the good that I'm doing. Look at all the things that I'm doing. Fuck the system. But to, to, to pivot into an uncomfortable space that forces you to look at yourself and educate yourself first, rather than be um, braggadocious or whatever you want to call it. Um, I think what I'm seeing, and I was talking to someone else that I interviewed around this. What I'm seeing is that there is a, uh, it's an undeniable intelligence around people that have struggled with anxiety, depression, mental illness, because we're able to be uncomfortable already. We are, we have to sit in our uncomfort every fucking day. And so this new uncomfort is just on top of what we already live with. And so all of a sudden, our friends who are now just experiencing uncomfort for the first time or have never had anxiety are coming to us saying, this is, I have anxiety over this. And we're like, I have been doing this for a long time. And it's great because it's showing the depth of people that have struggled and how we're able to process being uncomfortable and how it can help you grow. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that. The people in the mental health space, I feel like, are going to help us rise. That's that's my opinion, at least. But that's I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I hope so because, like, a lot of you know, a lot of the, um, I think with with uh, Minneapolis Minneapolis's, um, you know, the 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 progress that is potentially being made to maybe you know. Defund, honestly, like actually like defund the police and not, you know, not use them as, as the main way that we, you know, that, that the city takes care of things. Um, one of the, you know, the options for uh, making it more community-based involved doing a lot of mental health hiring. And, and I was like, that, uh, it's like, that's, you know, that's what needs to happen. Like I, I, there's a, there's a, there's a, it should have, right. It should have already been a thing. It's like, because it's like, it's, it's so, it's, it's like, if someone is having, 
a, you know, a mental health crisis and need some help, what is going to help them? Somebody, you know, coming in and like calmly working with them or somebody with a gun and a pair of handcuffs. It's like, lo it's like logic can, and like nothing good can come from that, especially because, you know, our police force and our prison system is so, so punishing, you know, it's, yeah, I, I, I think that there is going to, you know, mental health and, and, you know, radically changing how we treat things, you know, in the country, I, I would hope would be a key to making things better. Well, I feel like I, I could hope. talk to you for hours about mental health, about acting, <laughs> all the things. Um, but I want to get into my lightning round questions, which I ask everybody sure. to kind of end this. Yes. Okay. Um, I love, I swear like a truck driver. And so I would love to know your favorite swear word. It's just fuck. I just, I say fuck all the time. Don't minimize fuck. It's fuck great. It's my great favorite. Word. One of my favorite words. <laughs> Do you have like a fuck free or is it just like, like Alok said polyamorous with their, with their fucks? They said what? Uh, oh, Alok said when I asked if there was a fuck phrase, they said they were polyamorous with their fucks. They just use them all the time with all the people, all the relationships. Oh, oh yes. I would say that I am too. Yes. <laughs> I just, yeah. I, it's, it comes out of my mouth <laughs> a lot. Yes. Uh, okay, so self-rules <laughs> right now. Is there a book, a movie, or music that you're like, I need to turn this on and turn the, the world off? Is there something you're listening to or reading or going to? I should include video games too, I guess. Oh, yeah, video games. Um, yes. Uh, Stardew Valley, Fallout. Um, Fallout is fun to play. Uh, I like watching my partner play video games too. Um uh we listen to a lot of like long like <laughs> we've been listening to a lot of like cyberpunk electronic like Ooh. like like youtube playlists that are like two or three hours long we'll just have it on all the time um yeah yeah that. we listen to a lot of i listen to a lot of electronic music we watch scary movies we play video games we go on walks <laughs> um those are things that we do we snuggle our cats horror movies have been my go-to so i get that yeah, yeah I, I like them too much, almost. Um, okay, so I would love for you to name three, well, a few, it doesn't have to be three exactly, influential people who've inspired you to be who you are today, but they are not white, straight, cis males because they have enough fucking attention. Oh, gosh. Hmm. I know that this is going to be like a plug for someone else that you're going to have on the show, but like Blackson is a wonderful person. I'm so and, excited to meet them. And, so excited. And we've known each other. We've known each other for a while. And I am really inspired by all of the work that they do and the platform that they've built and how they educate. Um, yeah, they're a really wonderful person, and I love them, and they inspire me. It's actually a great One segue because their, their episode <laughs> will will air the Thursday after yours. So, oh, that's so sweet! Oh my god, I don't. I, I actually haven't told them. I think that I don't think that they know that that we are both on the same podcast, which oh, no, is very I, exciting. I didn't tell them, so I don't think they know. Okay, that's great. Okay, <laughs> maybe I'll tell them after this. Um, who else? Um, oh gosh. Uh, uh, 
Jesus. In Chicago, one of the best organizations to be helping out right now um, is an organization called Brave Space Alliance. Uh, it benefits um, black and brown trans people on the South Side, but not just. Uh, it's just a really great LGBT resource center for people that are not on the North Side of Chicago because the North, north Side gets too much attention. Um, the person who is in charge is a very awesome person, an activist named Lasaya Wade. Um, I'm really inspired by the work that she does and the uh, the way she runs her organization and like how much she gives back to the community and like how much work she does for the trans community. Um, so those two people. Uh, oh gosh, who else? That's hard. Like the, my brain is flooding with so many people this week. All right, you especially don't have to more than that. I think those are two great people. Yeah. Those are two people. I mean, I think that if I could take anybody else, or if I could talk, you know, talk about anybody else, it would literally be anybody, anybody who's doing, you know, a lot of amazing work, you know, right now, Black Lives Matter um, in Chicago has been, has organized a lot of really amazing rallies and um, just anybody who's working in these organizations, mm -hmm. I think that I'm like, I need, I'm, I'm, I would like to learn something from this person. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, okay. Lastly, your last question, which I'm sure you've been asked before, and I was asked it in an interview before I did my mm -hmm. TED talk, and they made me cry like right before it, and I was like, Oh, oh no! I, <laughs> I wanted to know this from so many people, so I'm sure you've been asked a form of it before. But if sure. you had lunch with your younger self, what would you tell them around the mental health space? But more importantly, what would you two eat together? Oh gosh. And maybe what age would you be? Because I know what age I would go back and talk to myself as, you know what I mean? Yeah. I started going to therapy when I was a kid because I had a lot of, a lot of stuff happened when I was growing up. I'm sorry. That is too, too long of a story to get into. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that for me, oh God, I really have to think about that. I feel like I would have to go back to when I was maybe 12 or 13. And I would probably, I'd probably do something like take myself out for, <laughs> take myself out, my younger self out for sushi because like I grew up in a really, really small town and like didn't really, there's a lot of like sheltering and a lot of like stuff that I didn't know about and stuff I didn't have access to. And like, I really, really liked sushi a lot. Um, and I, I would, yeah, we'd probably eat sushi together, you know, and I'd probably just be like, yo, I'm you. <laughs> 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 My little self would be like, no fucking way. And I would be like, I know. I don't have a lot of time. <laughs> I gotta go soon. <laughs> I, Listen. Right. I gotta go soon. But I want you to know that there's so many times where you are going to think that it's you who's the problem. Mm. And we can get into that <laughs> in another conversation. But right now, you know, I want you to know that all of these times that are going to be coming up where you're like, it's me who's bad, you know, for, for, for feeling the way that I feel like mm. there's a whole system and society that was set up to make people 
Like you feel like you weren't okay. And like, that's on them. That doesn't have anything to do with you. You're fine. Gender. It's fine. You know? Um, yeah. I think that's what I'd want I to say to myself. I, I, I love that you'd say that to yourself. I think there's so many kids out there that need to hear that. And I know that I would probably need to hear the same thing. And so when I see young kids at rallies or, uh, you know, especially queer events that I'm just like, Hey, I see you. And I think so many of us at that age just wanted to be seen. And um, so I love that. I love that you would see yourself. Yeah, uh, well, simple. <laughs> uh, it is simple, but it's so it's such a foundation to everything else. So, I just want to thank you for your time today. I know um, the of tech people at the beginning were a lot, but no, sorry, they took so long. No, can you tell people how to find you online? Oh, um, yeah, I have an Instagram account. That's where I hang out a lot. Um, it's just my name, Theo Germain. My Twitter's the same thing. Um, that's that's really honestly where I hang out right now. Okay. Are those two places if I'm on the internet? Well, yeah, uh, and and the politician season two comes out soon, right? It does. It comes out in a couple of weeks. Um, Amazing. Okay, I'll put yeah. the date and all the things yeah. and the details. And thanks again for all of your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. It was really Safe nice meeting you and talking with you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for joining us for this conversation as part of our Face to Faces series. We hope you'll join and support the Faces of Fortitude community on Instagram at Faces of Fortitude, on Facebook at Faces of Fortitude Portraits, and on Twitter as myself, Mary Angela Abeo. If you'd like to become a face in the project or join me in conversation on the podcast, or maybe you have an idea for a topic we should explore or a person we should interview, please contact us at booking at facesoffortitude.com. And until next time, please have extra patience and kindness for yourself and others.